Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Film Etc., the only movie review podcast you need in life. My name is Mike Webb. I'll be your host. And this is not your usual episode. This is a bonus episode, rather, where I am breaking down everything that happened at this year's Academy Awards. History was made in some areas in that regard, but I can't wait to tell you everything about it. Normally, if you guys are new to the show, welcome. This is usually a movie review podcast, but not this week, because I usually review the new releases of the week and grade them on a number scale from 0 to 10. But this is all about the Oscars, everything that went down and about. I can't wait to tell you all about it, so let's get started. Now, to give you guys a little bit of a heads up, for those of you who are new to the show or basically need a little bit of refresher, I am diagnosed with autism, so I'm not great with like conversing with like other people in general. So you may hear my wording sound a bit off or something like that. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for listening. Now, before I begin my thoughts on this year's show, I wanted to give you all a little bit of brief history about my experience with the Academy Awards. Growing up as a little kid, like it's kind of fun to watch, but I became an avid movie watcher since probably ever, I would say. I can't tell, like remember the first movie I remember watching or something like that. But yeah, it wasn't until around the 2005-2006 award season. Um, well, actually, I've seen little bits and pieces of the Academy Awards. It's just I didn't pay attention to it much. It isn't until I turned 10 years old and got a little more into watching movies more than the usual person would and uh i found out about these award shows and the award season in general that takes place during the first uh, few months of the year and they give out awards to like the biggest in the film industry that hollywood has to offer so award ceremonies like the golden globes and then the critics choice and the screen actors guild and the oscars they were like the big ones uh to come out and the Baptists as well, but we rarely, but the Baptists are rarely aired on television here in the States. But yeah, I, and I see these actors and all these interesting people that are handing out awards for their significant work. The year, uh, the Academy Awards that when I, when I turned 10 years old, uh, well, not, well, I was 10 years old, but the year is 2006. Um, uh, Actors like George Clooney and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Rachel Weisz and Reese Witherspoon, they all won. And Ang Lee won for a cowboy movie that received a lot of controversy back in the day. Um, and then, unfortunately, the Best Picture winner ended up going to a movie called Crash, which I never watched at the time. But then years later, when I did, like, when I saw a video on, like, the top 10 worst Best Picture winners of all time, Crash was number one. I was like, oh, why is that? And, uh, Later on, I just like found out the learnings, why and all that stuff. And then it wasn't until uh, I started like getting into junior high school, high school era where I started to like uh, anxiously anticipate for when the Oscars are going to drop. Like the year Avatar was nominated, I I keep hearing that uh, <laughs> the mo- this little war movie out of nowhere called The Hurt Locker was beating Avatar and everything. And I was like, what is this movie? How come I've never seen it? And so, yeah, like sometimes I would like to like roofer stuff and sometimes I'd be like, wait, what? Or something like that. And throughout uh, the years, more recently, I kind of have like a love hate relationship with the Academy Awards in general. Um, Like they're they're more specifically geared towards uh, feel good 
Oscar bait movies, awards bait rather, people that people and audiences just like genuinely love and film critics don't care about it for like too much. They they probably will for like a hot minute, but not not for not one of those like movies that would just like live on for like a legacy or something like that. So yeah, the year Green Book won, which I think is a good movie. I get all the hate, but it's it's a safe movie. I just wouldn't call that movie a best picture winner. So yeah, but my mom cheered for it because she loved the movie. But other than that, it um, what am I gonna say? So yeah, again, I've had a love hate relationship with the Oscars recently, and uh, the one thing I will say though is that last year's award ceremony uh, was very very different not only because we were in the middle of a pandemic going on at the time but they also extended their eligibility window uh to it usually is a full calendar year but they usually but last year they extended their eligibility window to up to february of last year so you would have movies like minari and judas and the black messiah come in and compete and the father uh, with anthony hopkins they would all be eligible for uh uh, that award season in general, and they've had some big guidelines. They didn't want to do it via Zoom. They didn't want any celebrities coming via Zoom. You, they would have to have the celebrities come in uh, at one of their uh, few locations. Whether it's uh, you're at the BFI Theater in London, or if you're uh, at the Union Square Station in Los Angeles. But yeah, and. Uh, I will say, though, it kind of went on for too long. They also cut off the musical performances and did it in the pre-show. I rarely watch the pre-show. If you're like big into like fashions, fashion people who wear like all these like interesting types of clothing from like this, like one um, costume designer who's like big into the fashion world and all that stuff. Just see how lovely all the dresses are and what makes it unique. Maybe you'll show a little bit of skin or something. I don't know, but. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, last year's ceremony, it was awful. Like, the producers, uh, okay, what I'm going to say is that uh, that these winners are made, sorry, how, how should I phrase this? Um, the Academy is divided into all these different groups on on how they vote, whether it's the actors branch, they nominate the people who are acting. Uh, directors nominate directors, writers nominate writers, I believe. And then once the nominations have come out, they um, they get together and vote on what they think should be the one. Yeah, the only category that all the members of the Academy uh, get to vote on from all the branches is the best picture category. So, yeah. And... Uh, they, and then they delivered a balance to the company of PricewaterhouseCoopers, the accounting firm that handles and tabulates all the ballots. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best to be professional as I can, but <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm just I'm trying my best. I hope you're all paying attention. But yeah, anyway, the producers, uh, they don't know who won in general. And so what's interesting is that. They put the best picture. Usually, normally the best picture category is awarded last, but last year they did something completely different because 
it became like the second to last category, the third to last category, I will say. And then the two acting lead acting awards and the producers thought since Chadwick Boseman, the late great Chadwick Boseman was a potential front runner um, to win the Oscar for best actor this year, they thought, Oh, why don't it be like a nice little tribute or something like that? But uh, all of a sudden it went in a completely different direction and Anthony Hopkins won in a big upset for best actor. The problem was he he was not present at the awards and the Oscars could not allow uh, people on Zoom that that uh, on that show last year. And uh, and the show just abruptly ended, which makes it very off putting. But yeah, anyway, but the one category that irked me the most was a documentary feature and it went to a documentary called My Octopus Teacher, which I am not a fan of that documentary whatsoever. And the the fact is they always, the documentary branch, they always get best documentary wrong. Sometimes they just don't even nominate the documentary or they just give it to the wrong documentary. And apparently they have like a record streak for like four years in a row where the uh, main front runner for best documentary feature on the website Gold Derby, which is like big Oscar pundits and whatnot. Um, for like four years in a row, the big documentary front runner got snubbed. It happened with the Jane Goodall documentary in 2017. It happened with the Mr. Rogers documentary and Three Identical Strangers in 2018, at Apollo 11 in 2019, and then Boys State in 2020. But then 2020, it still had a good number of documentaries like Crip Camp and Time and Collective, all really good. And The Mole Agent's even nice. But the but My Octopus Teacher, a movie about a South African man, middle-aged man who is just like suffering from trauma, decides to film for one year, go out into the ocean and stalk an octopus because... He thinks the octopus can like heal him or something like that. And I was like, oh, no, you you cannot tell me if a documentary like this, that one is probably going to imitate others along the way. It 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 just bothered. It just bothered me. So, yeah. And that like and when it was announced as the best documentary winner, I just like went out to my garage and just like screamed bloody murder. Just like, ah, like I did not want it to happen, but it ultimately happened. And so unfortunately, and that and that was at that point in life where I was like, yeah, you should stop taking the Oscars seriously, because most of the films that they nominate, you either kind of like or to just be like, OK, because they rarely nominate the great movies that I love personally. And and then again, film is all subjective to one's taste and it's not going to happen. And then again, all the Academy members don't see every single movie. So, yeah. And so the 94th Academy Awards happened on Sunday and I was extremely hesitant for this ceremony to begin with because let me tell you this, this ceremony from the this ceremony this year was doomed from the beginning. 
Now, leading into this year's award season, they had to push the ceremony to the end of March to avoid competition with the Winter Olympic Games in Beijing and the Super Bowl due to the major sporting events of the year. It was announced that we got three hosts, all women, with Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes. We have film producer Will Packer producing the program. And uh, yeah, but there was a lot of controversies uh, in this uh, ceremony. Now, the Academy is is known for having a lot of issues in recent years from like the the proposal of the best popular film category to uh, cutting some categories out. Well, this year, um, remo- removing several categories this this year proved like significant backlash. Um, and they had to be aired just like off air from the main tele- televised event. Um, we had... We had the categories of like best film editing, best original score, best sound, um, best makeup and hairstyling, and then the short films, I want to say as well. And there were people who were outrageous against it. Prominent film filmmakers like Jane Campion, Guillermo del Toro, Denis Villeneuve, and uh, probably the biggest Oscar composer, of probably the best composer of all time, John Williams, like spoke out. And uh, they issued a letter to the Academy to urge them to put those categories back in. But it was actually under the direction of ABC so that it can like uh, get the viewer numbers, just like have a smaller runtime for this ceremony. But to tell you the truth, this year's ceremony actually ran longer than last year's ceremony. It ran longer than the past three Oscar ceremonies. Which is nuts to think about it. So yeah, that was one of the big issues with there. There's also the response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine going on at the moment. Like there was one point where Amy Schumer wanted to like invite President Volodymyr Zelensky to like virtually attend either by satellite or in like a pre-taped form. But then you realize he has other things to do other than this. Like he has to like maintain... um, his country and what uh, it's going through right now amongst this crisis in general. And then shortly before the Oscars, like, like a week or two before um, Rachel Zegler, who's the main star of the film West side story. uh, Some, someone commented on her Instagram is like, what will you be wearing at the Oscars? And then she said, Oh, just, just a pair of sweats. I'm going to watch the, Oscars watched the Oscars at home uh, because I wasn't invited and that caused a big uproar like how does the main actress of a best picture nominee which is West Side Story does not get invited to the Oscar ceremony but the Academy quickly made up their mind and um, they allowed her to present one of the awards this year so that kind of makes up for that so yeah, there's also a huge list of <laughs> presenters that got a lot of flack, including um, pro- professional athletes like Tony Hawk and Kelly Slater and Sean White. Like, okay, I guess, or even Sean Mendez. Like, why is he presenting? Does he have a film coming out later this year? So yeah, 
But yeah, going into this year's Oscar ceremony, I was not prepared based on all the controversy aside. Oh, and they also decided because I mentioned the proposed uh, popular film. Well, the Oscars decided to create something new for the fans on Twitter, including what's called an Oscars fan favorite movie of 2021. And so it it you just like had to vote online what your favorite film was that year and then you can just like add it to it online and also an Oscars cheer moment so that you can nominate a fellow movie uh from like any time at all and just put it on like like p- the the proudest moment that audiences can love and whatnot but yeah the, those categories they just feel very populous and uh, they don't make any sense whatsoever so yeah but anyway let's get on to the main ceremony itself shall we so this year's oscars they went back to the dolby theater off of hollywood and highland um their first time in two years because last year they couldn't go back to the Dolby Theater because of the COVID pandemic, and they just went to LA's historic Union Station uh, for the award ceremony. But we started off, we start this program off with Beyonce and her performance of the Oscar nominated song Be Alive from King Richard, where she actually performed it at uh, the actual tennis courts uh, that uh venus and serena venus and serena williams played uh in their hometown in compton california and so it it was fun and then we get to do we get to the dolby theater and and uh are presented our hosts uh, regina hall amy schumer and wanda sykes but and then dj khaled comes out to come out and actually present them which is like okay this is already getting weird but uh Sometimes I live tweet during uh, the Oscar ceremony, but since I had to check uh, what what me and my family did is that we did some we uh, did ballots. Uh, I printed up some ballots on thinking uh, what was going to win. I kind of went the extra mile and decided that I should do a should win and a will win, and uh, did like try to like double check everything just so that I can get some bonus points so that I just don't want to like get a bunch wrong in my opinion so yeah but yeah and uh got the ballots ready and uh and again i didn't live tweet a lot i didn't dress up for this year because with all those controversies aside i was like why do i even care about dressing up for the oscars when i'm just gonna be on my couch uh with my family just be like this is gonna go wrong and any any sort of fashion but yeah so yeah i didn't live tweet a lot i will say but then we get the three we get the monologue from the three women and then we have an intro card that is telling us all the performers and presenters and then we get a solo monologue from amy schumer and uh i'm just not a fan of amy schumer's work in general i'm sorry but i if you're trying to like make something funny, you got to impress me with your quips and your jokes. And and Amy Schumer, she got probably like one or two like giggles from me, but yeah. And then Daniel Kaluuya and the artist Her, which uh, both won Oscars for the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. They came out to present 
the award for best supporting actress, which went to Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, uh, which we called it. And uh, and then we are and then we go to commercial break and then we and then we come back, get a monologue from Regina Hall. And then uh, she makes a joke about like, you have all been tested positive for COVID. And then she brings Bradley Cooper and Timothy Chalamet and Simu Liu and Tyler Perry saying you have been positive and just, yeah. And then they just like all go like backstage, just like, this is ridiculous. But um, they're, yeah, whenever you're like, doing a an award show for hollywood they're always like pushing the envelope to say the least like regina hall then brings out uh jason momoa and josh brolin who actually presented all of the a categories that were announced uh off the air and then um when it came to uh uh showing what the categories that were uh they they were pre-recorded in like a pre-packaged in like a video package, I would say. Sorry. That again, I'm trying my best to be uh professional about these, but I am not because of my autism. So I hope you all forgive me. So yeah, they came in like a little video package, and then the announcer would just like announce the nominees and show like a little clip from it. And then the announcer would say, and the winner is so and so. And I was like, this is how they're doing their pre-announced winners. Like that's totally lame. And and they also had to like uh condensed the the speeches somewhat, but yeah. So yeah. But yeah. Um uh, yeah. Dune was crowned for best sound and then Dune went up. and then Dune also won cinematography for Greg Frazier who also did recently did the Batman. He also did Rogue One. Yeah, and I could tell Dune is going to have a great night, to say the least. But yeah, um, so yeah, it and then we get uh, Sean White and Tony Hawk and Kelly Slater, the uh, professional athletes that I mentioned earlier, and they come out to announce a 60 year celebration of James Bond. And they just show this like James Bond clip package. And so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, all the pre-recorded uh, winners and all that stuff. Dune took home the most for the night. I'm sorry, I'm going to get into the spoiler already. But yeah, Dune took home the most Oscar categories with six, which is the first movie since La La Land, I want to say, where it got the most Oscars, uh, where it got six Oscars and got the most for the night. So yeah. I believe it also got the most Oscar wins without having its director being nominated. I could be wrong, though. But yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the ceremony. You also have um, performances from uh, Sebastian Yatra, who performed the song Dos Oreguitas from Encanto. Uh, but then, and then Encanto won animated feature. It was presented by uh, three Disney princesses in live action movies. We had Lily James, who played cinderella we had naomi scott who played jasmine in the live action aladdin and then they brought out uh actress hallie bailey who's also a singer of the duo uh chloe and hallie uh she will be playing uh ariel in the live action remake of the little mermaid which will come out next year so 
And uh, I will. And then when we got to the second hour of the ceremony, when Wanda Sykes came out and she had a little video package of her little bit at the Academy Museum. And I was laughing throughout like that was like pure comedy gold. And then we got we got last year's supporting actress winner, Yeo Jung Yoon, who won for Minari, uh, presenting best supporting actor, which went to Troy Kotzer for Coda. He became the first um male deaf actor to win and the second deaf actor overall after uh his co-star marley matlin previously won uh 35 years ago for winning best actress for the film children of a lesser god and and troy kotzer's speech was very very moving and i nearly cried and he talked about like uh his relationship with his dad and how his dad was involved in a car accident and was paralyzed from the neck down. Like, Oh man, that that's just, that just like hits you on a gut level. And because, and because the father was paralyzed, he couldn't sign uh, for his son anymore. And so, yeah. And then we got Reba coming out, performing the song from a little indie film that no one knows about called four good days, which stars, Glenn Close and Mila Kunis and Mila Kunis uh, was the one who presented Reba with uh, her performance. Yeah. And what's significant about that song as to probably no one's surprise, is that it's composed by the still Oscarless Diane Warren. She's been nominated in this category for so long that unfortunately she could not get another win this night. I'm sorry, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, before the Reba McIntyre performance, we had Simu Liu and Tiffany Haddish come out and present uh, international feature film, and it, and it went to Drive My Car, which was the only film of that 10 Best Picture lineup that I still haven't seen to this day, but I did run it, so I am going to watch it this week, and I'll probably get a review out for it, so you better uh, stick around for uh, that episode. That's probably going to come soon, so yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to have a review of Drive My Car later down the line. So, yeah, keep an eye, eye, eye on it. I am struggling to come up with the words. Oh, man. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Drive My Car won. And they're trying their best to, like, cut off Rusuke Hamaguchi's speech because he wasn't finished with what he was going to say. And so, yeah. I, I mean... I have nothing else to uh, I, I don't want to complain too much about the Oscar ceremony in general. But uh, after that and then the and then this and then there was the Reba McIntyre performance. And then we had Cruella winning costume design, which was a very easy win. And then we had Stephanie Beatrice. No, sorry, not Stephanie Beatrice. John Leguizamo, <laughs> John Leguizamo um, come out and uh, and uh, he was about to uh, announce the performers for the the very first live performance of we don't talk about bruno from encanto which has become a phenomenon let me tell you this it is it's been on tiktok a lot it's it was number one on the billboard hot 100 for a full month and (laughs) and and it can be heard playing on the radio like i did like no joke i heard it on the radio like a couple weeks ago and i was like this is really like this is on here now which is weird but yeah anyway and then they had people well they had people from the cast like 
uh, uh, I can't remember their names, but I know Mauro Castillo plays uh, Uncle Fides. Uh, you had Stephanie Beatrice. You had Adassa. And then they had people like Megan the Stallion doing like this like Oscars rap verse. And then they had Becky G and Luis Fonzi come out and perform as well. So, yeah, it, it was just a little too much. Should have been nominated, though, but that's not the Encanto song Disney was pushing, unfortunately. And then we get to the screenplay categories. Um, and then Ken, and then Sir Kenneth Branagh, who has been previously nominated eight times in seven different categories. He finally won uh, for his original screenplay in Belfast, which is not a bad film, I would say. Very conventional, but it and it's very feel good in some way, but I like it overall. And he won original screenplay for Belfast. And it's safe to call him Academy an Academy Award winner now. I mean, it has a nice ring to it. And then adapted screenplay happened. And it was at that moment, like if Coda wins this, then it's guaranteed it's going to win Best Picture. And fair enough, it won adapted screenplay for Sean Hader. And I said on Twitter, and Coda has just won Best Picture. It's winning all three of its nominations. Like it... <laughs> I'm sorry to like spoil this to you guys if you haven't watched the show, but if but if there's like a significant amount of buzz, like if if it gets like I don't know, it's if it's like destined to become like your best picture winner, then it's probably going to. So yeah, and then we had Rami Malek come out and present and uh, uh present Billie Eilish and Phineas's performance for uh, the James Bond theme for No Time to Die. And it was, and, it, and I will say though, out of all those performances, I think No Time to Die had the best lighting, I will say. But yeah, yeah. And then more bantering and stuff. And then let's get to the most infamous moment of the night. Not only is perhaps the most infamous moment, but it's also the most talked about moment of the night, and it was rather entirely shocking. When Chris Rock came on stage to present Best Documentary Feature, he went off teleprompter and made a couple ad-lib quips, including one at Jada Pinkett Smith's head, jokingly being in a sequel to the 1997 Ridley Scott film G.I. Jane. Now, this is whether or not confirmed if Chris Rock himself knew about this, but Jada Pinkett Smith was diagnosed with alopecia, which is a form of hair loss back in 2018, and has since shaved her head due to the condition. Her husband, Will Smith, initially laughed at the joke, but then a few seconds later, after seeing his wife in disgust, he walks up to the stage and slaps Chris Rock's face like he, phys like he physically assaulted him. At first, what the at first, when that happened, we all thought... It was, oh, it's probably a publicity stunt. It's what Hollywood does or something like that. It's in the script. It's probably scripted. But then the audio was muted for American television due to swearing. And then we realized, oh, no, this is really happening. Like, me and my family were like, what just happened? And Chris Rock, after Will Smith walks walks back down to his seat, says, Will Smith just slapped the crap out of me. I, I don't want to keep the curse words in. So, yeah. And uh, Smith says twice back to him, and I sadly quote, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. And then afterwards, Rock says, this might be the greatest moment in the history of television. Like, I get it. Will had to defend his wife with such harsh remarks to Chris Rock. But in, actual but in actuality, 
This was seen as irreverent irreverent behavior to both men. Like I both like I like both Chris Rock and Will Smith as actors. I think Rock, I think Chris Rock can be a fun can be funny as a comedian, and Smith is probably the nicest human being on the planet. But what this boils down to is something that is going to live on in Oscar's infamy to both men. Not not like all like the famous Oscar moments that people were probably be like booed or like in shock whether there was like uh there was like a man who was like streaking to like Sachi little feather who uh filled in for Marlon Brando when uh he was awarded best actor for the godfather to the whole la la land of moonlight best picture fiasco this altercation has been the talk of what people will remember for this year's award ceremony and it's just baffling to me that an incident like this can happen and what's also odd is that Chris Rock did not file a police report. And there could be talks where uh, Will Smith could be could have like a suspension from the Academy or whatnot. So, yeah. And uh, the, the Academy afterwards put out a quick little statement saying we do not condone any violence. And there was also this like code of conduct where you have to be like nice to your fellow people who are like in this industry and stuff like that. And because Will Smith broke that, there's also talks where he could, where the Academy could like take his Oscar away from him. It was like, I don't want that. I'm pretty sure nobody wants that. And there have been celebrities online saying like, uh, this is like the ugliest moment in all of Oscar history. People like Mark Hamill to Mia Farrow. And then his son, Jaden, uh, tweeted saying that's how we do it like there's like both sides to the coin i i my head's like wrapped around just like trying to like whose side am i on it was like i don't want to be on anybody's side i want to be like equal to like uh like what both sides have to say or whatnot but yeah it it was just a very baffling moment but yeah anyway let's get back to the ceremony shall we so after that debacle, Chris Rock did went on to present documentary feature film, which went to my favorite documentary of last year, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Cannot Be Televised, directed by Questlove. He got up on stage along with his producers, and he kind of had an emotional uh, moving speech as well, saying that his parents could have taken him when he was like five years old, and he just like... I've, I mean, I couldn't remember what the whole speech was because I had to like take care of like all the people's ballots and whatnot. But but yeah, but then again, he gave a very moving speech, I will say. And then uh, one of the next things that was about to come out is that the Oscars was previewing up this Godfather reunion and it was like, ooh, is Francis Ford Coppola and some members of the cast are gonna like present best picture at the very, very end. But nope. It, it it was just like a little clip package thing. And then you had Francis Ford Coppola, Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino come on set. Now, in fairness, I will say, though, it's a little bit, it's a little inconsistent because uh, they had Robert De Niro uh, play uh, Vito Corleone in Godfather Part Two, a younger version of Vito Corleone. But then again, you don't have Marlon Brando anymore. Well, Marlon Brando's, lo- Marlon Brando's long been dead for for a number of years, almost 20 years next year. Now come to think about it, but yeah, but of all people that were going to uh, present uh, this clip package of the Godfather, it was like, it, was, it, it comes out with Diddy, Sean Diddy Combs presenting this Godfather reunion. 
okay. And then like a little bit before he announced about the Godfather, it was like, Chris, Will, we need to have like a talk or whatnot so that we can all settle things. So yeah. So yeah. And then the Godfather, there was like a big standing ovation with like everyone in attendance. And it was like, woo, seeing Francis Ford Coppola and Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro come out. I did see a CBS Sunday morning piece about the making of the Godfather where uh, Tracy Smith not only interviewed Coppola, but also Robert Duvall and James Caan and Talia Shire. And I thought all those people were going to be there, but alas, it was not, unfortunately. And then during the commercial break, uh, after uh, the altercation had happened, Will Smith's publicist came and ran up to him, as well as actors like Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry, trying to like uh, comfort him and whatnot because of what he just did moments ago. And then we come back, and then best song is announced, and it went to Billie Eilish and Phineas uh, for No Time to Die. Billie Eilish is the first person born in the 21st century to win an Oscar, which is crazy to think about it. We're all getting old. It's insane. (laughs) And then we had Kevin Costner come out, and then he presented... Uh, like a little speech that he gave about seeing his first quote unquote adult movie. And people were like, what his parents allow him to like, see uh, a movie that's not aimed for children whatsoever. And that, but then what he meant by that was actually uh, a movie that's more targeted towards adults. And then he talked about the movie, how the West was one and it was, uh, made by three different directors, John Ford, George Marshall, and Henry Hathaway, and how that Western alone just like, just like made him just like, uh, it like, it, it was like an experience to say the least and whatnot. And then the best director winner ended up going to Jane Campion, who has won everywhere. And it was the lone win that Power of the Dog got. It was the first time since, um, 1968 where one movie has only went home with director and nothing else and that was uh mike nichols when he won for the graduate all those years ago so yeah and then best actor happened and the presenters it was kind of interesting they could have brought back francis mcdorm but then she was like Nah, I'm not going to come back. So instead, we had this Pulp Fiction reunion, and I failed to mention, we've had a bunch of reunions. Uh, We had uh, Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Rosie Perez come out for a White Man Can't Jump reunion, which is 30 years old this year. And then when Best Actor was being announced, uh, sorry, we also had a Juno reunion uh, when they did Best Original Screenplay. We had Elliot Page. We also had J.K. Simmons and Jennifer Garner. And then for best actor now this is best actor we had a pulp fiction reunion with uh john travolta uma thurman and samuel L. jackson who was recently an 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 honorary oscar winner he won uh for his uh, it's kind of like a lifetime achievement award uh you get an oscar for all the career all the work that you did in general and so yeah and uh, they presented it to Will Smith winning for King Richard. And then you could see he like breaks down in tears because he he says he he is like a defender for um, he has he has to like come up with the, the facts that he he like admits like you have to like make sure that you 
like how should I phrase this? Um, there's there's a point in his speech where he is supposed to love everyone on this earth and that he has to like protect the people that he loves. He even made a statement about how you're you're probably going to get mocked in society and whatnot. And then he later apologized to the academy, to everyone in attendance. And then he he says at the very very end, and uh, I and uh, he also says uh, uh, about the Williams family and all that stuff. That and I'm I'm getting off track with the words, but at the very, very end, he says, I hope the Academy invites me back. I mean, who knows? I mean, the incident you cause is going on record, but I will say though, Will Smith, you probably deserved your Oscar. I think you gave a wonderful performance in King Richard. So yeah, it's, it's a legacy Oscar that will is probably going to cherish forever. Oh, and in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the speech that he uh, was giving, it cut to like the Oscars logo, and I was like, "Are they having some technical difficulties?" Like, yeah. And then Sir Anthony Hopkins, who won last year, even though he was not present, he came. He presented Best Actress, which went to Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Like, it's it, that movie's fine the the reason why uh, the reason why it gives like it's barely passable is that jessica chastain uh, is perhaps the best thing about it her role as tammy faye baker her performance in general was the best thing it's one of those movies like that one performance alone is like the best thing about this movie whether it's gary oldman in darkest hour or renee zellweger and judy it's like one of those performances that's just gonna be like this is the reason why you should watch this movie is for this actor's performance and i get it it should have been kristen stewart at least it was not nicole kimmon and being the ricardos thank goodness but yeah and then best picture the last award of the night uh, presented to Lady Gaga, presented by Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli was in a wheelchair, and then Lady Gaga came in because kind of like a little redemption for her <laughs> snub for House of Gucci for Best Actress. Because Lady Gaga and House of Gucci, she was nominated everywhere, but then Oscar nominations happen nowhere to be seen. And so the Academy was like, well, why don't we just like make up for it so that she can present Best Picture this year? And and Liza Minnelli was in a wheelchair. I don't know too much about it. Maybe she, maybe she has suffered something recently, and I just like didn't know about it. And what's funny though, last year they, uh, last year they had an ad for West Side Story for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. And last year I tweeted, "Will we see a remake win Best Picture next year?" And then when I look back at the nominees that were nominated this year, there were actually two remakes that were nominated for Best Picture this year. Not only Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, but also Coda. Coda is a remake of the 2014 French film La Famille Bellier. And some of the producers uh, from that film also made the American re also made the remake as well. And when it was announced that Coda won, everybody was putting their hands in the air it's the asl symbol for like clapping or something like that or like applause or something like that and coda 
became the first best picture winner since probably return of the king to win all the all it was nominated for so yeah coda won all three of its awards best picture supporting actor and adapted screenplay deservedly so i i like coda i don't love it because it it's a very conventional story but what makes it authentic and significant than your typical uh, sentimental conventional movie is that it focuses around the deaf community and i think it and i think this is going to be a significant movie in terms of the deaf community and how it's going to live up to deaf people in the film industry and whatnot so yeah it's this movie will probably go down in oscars history as an underdog it's a film from sundance that premiered at sundance that got a big offer from apple <laughs> which funny enough apple won this like there was this like talk about like which streaming service is going to win best picture first will it be netflix will it be amazon it's apple like that's insane so yeah but in terms of that i think all this uh this buzz that coda was building up for oh more than a year now it it just like finally paid off in to some degree so yeah and now I'm going to do a little uh, postmortem wrap up and to get my final thoughts about it. So before I actually get my final thoughts and uh, my postmortem thing, I did not mention every single award that was given out, to say the least, but because some of them were not telecasted live. And so what I'm going to do is that I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown of how many movies that I've won the categories and all that stuff so yeah again denis villeneuve's dune took home the most oscars with uh six categories it won production design cinematography original score for hans zimmer sound visual effects and film editing yeah film editing category was the one that was like up in the air like hard to choose because it went to different films uh the eddie guilds it went to um King Richard, uh, the the Baptist went to No Time to Die, which was not nominated. The Critics' Choice went to West Side Story, which wasn't nominated. But so there was not a clear front runner in that category. But Dune ultimately ended up winning for uh, editing. Coda took home all three of its categories it was nominated for, like I mentioned, Best Picture, uh, Supporting Actor for Troy Kotzer, and Adapted Screenplay for Sean Hedder. The Eyes of Tammy Faye won, was the only other movie that has won multiple awards. It won two, uh, Actress in a Leading Role for Jessica Chastain, and Makeup and Hair Styling for those for those eyes. Yeah. And then Power of the Dog took home uh, Director for Jane Campion. Will Smith won Lead Actor for King Richard. Ariana DeBose won for West Side Story, which I failed to mention she has become the first queer person to win in acting. And she also joins the long list of actors who have played the same role. Uh, Rita Moreno, who was in attendance, she won that award 60 years ago, which is hard to believe. Drive My Car won international feature. Encanto won animated feature. Belfast, Kenneth Branagh, Sir Kenneth Branagh won original screenplay no time to die one best song cruella won costume design the long goodbye which is the riz ahmed uh short film uh it 
It won Riz Ahmed an Oscar for a live action short film. The Queen of Basketball, which is about the subject of Louis Saharis, uh, a basketball legend who recently passed away. Uh, that one documentary, short subject. Uh, the Windshield Wiper, which is the which is as far as my Oscar ballot, I only got two categories wrong. I'm and uh, film editing was the one I was uncertain on, and then animated feature film uh, did not occur to me. I thought it was going to be the Armin short Robin Robin, but alas, it was not. And then Summer of Soul or Run the Revolution cannot be televised one documentary feature. So yeah, those are uh, all the movies that have won awards and stuff and whatnot so yeah and now let's get to my post-mortem slash final thoughts now as for final thoughts i will say though it was somewhat better than last year's ceremony because last year's ceremony it was a very completely different time and um last year's ceremony it had the lowest uh viewership it had like 10 million i mean the reason why it had that is because People didn't watch a lot of movies last year. People didn't know that the Oscars were coming. It's one of those factors. At least Glenn Close didn't have to do the butt for this year's award ceremony. Yeah, and the viewership for this award ceremony went up more than 50% or 60% rather because I just heard it got a final uh, viewership count of more than 16 million, which is better than last year. And uh, yeah. One thing I failed to mention, like with all the banter and stuff that the hosts were doing, is that there was one there was one point where uh, there was one point where all the hosts uh, got to dress up as different characters of their favorite movies. Like Wanda Sykes was uh, Richard Williams and King Richard. Regina Hall was Tammy Faye <laughs> Baker from the eyes of Tammy Faye. And then Amy Schumer came down in a Spider-Man costume with silly string <laughs> pretending that she's Spider-Man for, uh, uh, from Spider-Man no way home. So yeah, just a little bit of representation to some degree. And, uh, I failed to mention for the fan favorite and, <laughs> uh, Oscar cheers moment. They went to both, uh, movies that were directed by Zack Snyder for the fan favorite category. It went to army of the dead, which is a fine zombie movie. I would say nothing too fancy schmancy about it. And then the most cheerworthy moment went to the flashes speed force in the, the Snyder cut of justice league, which is odd to say the least because it did not get a theatrical release in 2021 also it's a director's cut of a movie that came out back in 2017 but i will say this though there is a huge fan base devoted to the work of Zack snyder and the dceu that loves everything Zack snyder and all that stuff so you don't want to mess with that people but for me i was like oh come on and and like at that point i was like there's nothing touching the Zack Snyder army or what have you. But yeah, anyway, final thoughts. Yeah, the show is better than last year. I will say that. But despite that altercation where I'm just like completely torn, like, like, oh, like that infamous Oscar moment and all that stuff. Thought it was fine was telling my dad about it and then he he just kept thinking it was like oh it's a publicity stunt until i actually had to tell him the whole truth and everything and whatnot and uh 
he he kind of like had like a, a change of heart in some way. I don't know. He he's not a fan of Hollywood in general. He goes to the movies to be entertained. He doesn't care about life. He he didn't even like the movie Licorice Pizza, which I'm a little sad by. I think Licorice Pizza is a good movie. It's not PTA's best work, in my opinion. But yeah. Yeah. My opinion aside. Um, I don't know what. Oh, yeah. Uh, while I was typing. um the script for this episode even though most of the stuff i'm saying is coming out of my mouth and not from a script will smith uh did release a full-on apology in a statement from his instagram account yesterday he says violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive my behavior at last night's academy awards was unacceptable and inexcusable jokes at my expense are a part of the job but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line, and I was wrong. I am embarrassed, and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness, and I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for us all. And then, and then he signs off as sincerely will. And I will say though, good for Will standing up uh, for his wife and everything, even though it caused a ruckus to say the least. And I, I think you deserve that Oscar just for, just for not only your acceptance speech, but also uh, your Insta your Instagram post uh, for your full on apology yesterday. So yeah, let let Will keep his Oscar. If you have to sus suspend him from the Academy, that's fine. I I'm not too shabby about it. Will Will deserves Will deserved his Oscar. He he's been in the public eye for decades, and to see him. Um, to have his moment, to have his due, even if even if it comes with a consequence, that is totally fine by me. So, yeah. The reason why I have this, like, love-hate relationship is that they have this, like, trying to get this, like, all political background about Hollywood and everything. And uh, there's, like, stuff you, you're going to, like, love. There's, like, stuff you're going to hate. The nominees, whether you're not, you like them or not, they're going to get some attention to, to the public eye for people who don't go to the movies that often. And you know what? Love it or hate it. I enjoy it for what the, for what the Academy Awards do to that, to, to the film industry in general and all that stuff. And I'm going to still watch the Oscars every single year unless they pick like a bad group of nominees and be like, eh, I don't I don't know about it. But to see who won, I could probably like groan in agony or in the case of my octopus teacher winning documentary feature, just like scream in pain or just like go boo or something like that. And you know what? the academy awards don't know what to tell you so yeah i've been going on for very very long so anyway guys that's gonna do it for my recap of the 94th annual academy awards so let's end this episode and call it a day
Anyway, guys, thank you all so, so much for listening to this very special episode of Film Etc., where I break down this year's Academy Awards ceremony. I kind of had a blast talking about it, even though I kind of stumbled here and there. But anyway, guys, you can follow and subscribe to the show on all the many platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. Please leave a good rating. Leave a five-star review on our Apple Podcast page. That'll help get this show up to the top of the charts. Spread the word of mouth. Uh, share this show if you must. I will be back really, really soon uh, with my reviews of Turning Red and The Batman, even though it's like weeks late. I have a lot to talk about these movies in general. As for me, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Real Mike Web on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can also follow the show at FilmETCCast on Instagram. Thanks again for listening, guys. And until next time, I will see you all at the cinema.